Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Apostle Robert Enos. Here we will talk about doctrine and theology, politics, social and cultural issues, and how the church is to respond and face these issues. Get ready for a large dose of truth and get ready to have your tables flipped. As a friend just told me recently, Table Flippers is flipping awesome. Uh, we have been uh, seeing so many strange things happen in our world, especially since this COVID-19 fiasco, and I call it a fiasco, and uh, nonsense, I call it nonsense, I call it a sham, I call it a hoax, I call it everything else. You know, it's funny, when this thing first was brought out, you know, back in China and all that stuff a few years ago when uh, President Trump was still in office, he called it a big hoax, and he got so ridiculed by so many people worldwide, but especially in this country. Even some of his supporters really came against him. Now we find it's not so much a hoax per se, like it's a complete falsehood. There really was a disease, but we're also finding out that, I, I, I like what one person said. Well, let me take that back. I don't like it, but it's still none the truth, nonetheless the truth. <clears throat> and he says, nobody died from COVID-19 nobody. He said what they died from was receiving, they died from not getting the uh, treatments that actually work. They were denied the treatments that actually could have cured the people. And honestly, I tend to believe that. I tend to believe that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I got sick with COVID. I was down. I felt the effects of it strong for about uh, three days. When I say strong, I mean, you know, you, I really felt it. One day was really bad. I'm not going to lie. I literally stayed in bed all day long. Slept probably 18, 19 hours of that day. I was just exhausted. The next day, I sweat like I've never sweat before. And after that, I was, um, I wouldn't say 100%, but pretty close to it. Even while I was at my worst point, you know, like I said, I was sleeping most of it. But in those few moments when I was awake and coherent, I kept saying to myself, now please don't misunderstand. I'm not trying to sound in any way heartless or that I'm like a superhero kind of a thing. Not at all. But this is just the truth. I was laying there in bed, exhausted. I'm not gonna lie, I was exhausted. I, I didn't feel good. I didn't, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. But at the same time, I was saying to myself, is this it? Is this it? Is it gonna get worse? Because I'm not gonna lie, there was a concern in me that this would get worse because I've heard of all the horror stories. I've heard of how people were, you know, dropping dead like flies and, and that. And I was laying there thinking, is this it? Or is it gonna get worse? I mean, what's going on here? And I said, well, I'm just gonna drink plenty of fluids. I'm gonna just sleep. I'm going to get as much rest as I possibly can and really monitor myself. I was, you know, I was ready in the back of my mind. I was ready. Maybe I'll call the, you know, I wasn't ready at that moment to go to the hospital, but I'm saying I was ready to jump on it if I had to. I was ready to call my wife and say, get me to the hospital, get me to the emergency room, whatever, if I needed to. And I didn't need to. And, and a lot of people will say, well, you're just one of the lucky ones. And luck had nothing to do with it, okay? I don't believe in luck in that sense. I was one of the blessed ones. And I do thank God for this, that he protected me through this and brought me through this and healed me, set me free. Which brings me to this point. Christians, you serve the same God I serve. You uh, you don't, you, you could have um, really just put your trust in God the whole time. You know, take care of yourself. Remember, that's the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's your body, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says you're supposed to take care of it. Why did I make it through there so, uh, you know, as, as well as I did? Because I, I do my best to take care of myself. Perfectly, no, but I do take care of myself. So anyways, my point is, 
uh, in all of that, I made it through. I was, well, is this the rest of, you know, is this it? Is this the fullness? Is this, is it going to get worse? And instead I got better. Now, I will admit that I had uh, lost my smell and taste buds for several weeks. But again, I didn't feel bad at, after that. Once it was over, it was over. And I, I just went back to work doing my stuff. <clears throat> so as I started to study this and look into this myself and just pay attention as I started to really just pay attention to not just the voices such as Fauci and the different ones like that. I, I started to hear other voices rise up and give warning and say there are treatments that actually work. Some doctors, some doctors, now listen to this, some doctors did give their patients these other, these alternative treatments, you know, remember that the, the uh, CDC and the government said, no, don't do this, don't do that, you can't give it to them. They even made it uh, to the point that if doctors started giving it, they found out about it, they would take their licenses and such. But some doctors stepped out, got a little courage, gave them the, um, the uh, uh, different uh, medications and such. And as one doctor said, I haven't lost one person. I haven't lost one patient, regardless of their age, regardless of their race, regardless. I haven't lost one patient to COVID because I have been giving them these other medications and other treatments. Isn't that interesting? So the ones that followed the CDC guidelines and followed the governmental guidelines lost people left and right. The doctors that said no, I'm not going to follow those guidelines because they don't work. They didn't lose anybody or far fewer than the government guidelines, which should lead each and every one of us to realize that uh, the government doesn't always have our best interests at heart and in mind. Now, this brings me to this point. I want to read to you an article, uh, if you can call it an article. This is from Dr. Malone's website. This is on his front page of his website. And I will put the link so that you can find this and read it yourself. I'll put the link in the description of this podcast. Oh, and please remember to uh, download the podcast. Please do that for me. But anyways, I'll put the description uh, or uh, this web address in the description of this podcast so that you can look at this yourself. This is straight from Dr. Malone. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read the whole article. I, I wasn't going to, but I thought, no, this needs to be heard. You need to hear it. I needed to hear this. And so I'm going to read the whole thing. And again, um, it's uh, this is as the it says this as the original inventor of mRNA and DNA vaccines. If you don't know what that is, the um, COVID-19 jab shot. I don't like to call it a vaccine because in a traditional sense, it's not a vaccine. So the COVID-19 shot uses the mRNA um, technology. OK, that Dr. Malone invented. He invented this technology. Now, they're not using it the way he wanted them to, but nonetheless, he invented it. So, if he has in, if, if he says something about it, it's something everybody should be listening to, whether it be positive or negative. He invented this. He knows it better than anybody. Why? He's the one that invented it. So it says, as the original inventor of the mRNA and DNA vaccines, I am concerned about how the technology is being developed and implemented. <clears throat> I am an internationally recognized science physician and the original inventor of the mRNA vaccination as a technology, DNA vaccination, and multiple non-viral DNA and RNA, mRNA platform delivery technologies. I hold numerous fundamental domestic and foreign patents in the field of gene delivery, delivery formulations, and vaccines, 
including the fundamental DNA and RNA and mRNA vaccine technologies. This is important because of my history, my expertise, my words carry weight. And again, <clears throat> I agree with that. He invented this. He knows it better than anybody else. So we should really pay attention to him. Not just you and me, but every medical doctor, every politician, every governmental official, uh, every virologist, every immunologist, all of these ologists and doctors need, and anybody that is in any way associated with the implementation of uh, so-called cures, medicines and such for this COVID-19 or any disease for that matter. Anyways, his article goes on to say, I have approximately 100 scientific publications with over 12,000 citations of my work per Google Scholar with an outstanding impact factor rating. I have been an invited speaker around 100 conferences, have chaired or been keynote speaker at numerous conferences, and I have sat on or served as chairperson of the HHS and DOD committees. I sat as a non-voting member of the NIH Active ACTIV TX Clinical Working Group Committees focused on developing clinical trials for ivermectin, famotidine, and siloxib. I have never heard of those drugs. Anyways, all repurposed drugs, which the COVID-19 treatments, or which are COVID-19 treatments. Okay, so ivermectin, uh, famotidine, and siloxib. Anyways, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce all these big words like that. But these are repurposed drugs, which are COVID-19 treatments. Active is tasked with managing clinical research for a variety of drug and antibody treatments for COVID-19. But I was only on the Active TX Working Group Committee as a non-voting member, which was tasked with drug development, and I was specifically asked to be on the subcommittee due to my experience with repurposing drugs for infectious diseases. The committee and I parted ways in January 2022 after the Joe Rogan show. Let me stop right there. Um, Dr. Malone went on Joe Rogan and, you know, just poured out his heart and told everybody about this, and that really put a target on him. Anyways, let me keep reading. That was soon after FDA made the conditions almost impossible for an ivermectin arm on the trial that I had helped design to go forward. My work on active TX clinical WG committee was always about repurposing drugs for COVID-19. That has been my mission in this from day one of this outbreak. So uh, a little bit of my commentary. So basically his job was to take drugs, medications that were already being used, already effective, and work with them to see if they could would work on COVID-19. And I'm assuming if they needed to be slightly reformulated, they could for COVID-19. And they were having success. Ladies and gentlemen, they were having success. I know this. I mean, they were having success. There's many doctors and many scientists and many virologists that come out and said, yeah, we are having great success with this. But that wasn't good enough for the CDC, the FDA, or the federal government. They wanted to use things that were actually killing people. Go figure. So anyways, let me keep reading. I received my medical degree from the Northwestern Feinberg School of Medicine. I completed the Harvard Medical School Fellowship as a global clinical research scholar in 2016 and was scientifically trained at the University of California at Davis, the University of California at San Diego, 
and the Salk Institute Molecular Biology and Virology Laboratories. I have served as an assistant and associate professor of pathology and surgery at the University of California at Davis, the University of Maryland, and the Armed Forces University of the Health Sciences. For many years, my wife and I have built and run a consultancy and analytical firm specializing in biotechnology and clinical trials development. For the record, I have never worked on bioweapons or been funded to develop them. I am not and was not a federal employee. I did not ever work for the CIA and DARPA. (laughs) Over the last two years, government and big tech have done everything in their power to censor and defame me. They have permanently banned me from Twitter without any strikes or warning. They continue to do this uh, to this day to harass me, re-edit my wiki page, put falsehoods and fake fact checks first and center on Google. Controlled opposition appears to be their new tool. The ankle biters never cease. If they can remove my voice, my experience, my expertise, they win. This is why my history matters. I I find it interesting, ladies and gentlemen, that he has to put in here, I did not ever work for CIA or DARPA. I never uh, developed bioweapons, never was funded, been funded to develop them, not a federal employee. So why is he saying that? Because there's many voices out there that are just absolutely lying about him and people like him and and putting up this ruse and uh, making it sound like something that he's not. He's not a whack. He's not a quack. He's not some guy that's that just crawled out from under a rock, doesn't know what he's talking about. Remember, he developed the mRNA technology that they are using for this so-called vaccine that is now responsible for killing many, many people. Let me let me continue with this. My partner in all of this is Jill Glasspool Malone, PhD. She likes to stay behind the scenes, but you can be assured that in almost all of my professional endeavors, she has been and will be involved. She also is well-published and has an extensive CV. We have been together since high school over 45 years and been married for 42 of those. We live on a horse farm in Virginia, which has become our personal Galt's Gulch, an idea that we embrace and build upon. Having an intentional community is one of the tenets of how we live. So what has brought me to the point of daily podcast interviews, op-eds, ad advocacy with legislators and building a Twitter feed of almost a half a million people. It started with my own experiences and concerns regarding the safety and bioethics of how the COVID-19 genetic vaccines were developed and forced upon the world, and then expanded as I discovered the many shortcuts, database issues, obfuscation, and frankly, lies told in the development of the spike protein-based genetic vaccines, or SARS, uh, COV-2. Personal experiences involving identifying, developing, and trying to publish peer-reviewed academic papers focused on drug repurposing and the rights of physicians to practice medicine, as well as what I have seen close colleagues go through, have further influenced me. Finally, As unethical mandates for administering experimental vaccines to adults and children began to be pushed by governments, my research into what I believe is authoritarian control by governments that are being manipulated by large corporations, big finance, big pharmaceutical, big media, big technology, influenced my changing world view. Let me uh, kind of rephrase that last portion there. It was the unethical mandates, one of the reasons why he's doing what he's doing, the unethical mandates for the way that they administered these so-called vaccines and forced them 
pretty much for the most part on adults and children. They pushed, they were pushed by governments and in a, I can't even say that word, in a very tyrannical kind of way. I'm putting my own words in there. That's my word, not what he said in there, but he used a word, authoritarian. Authoritarian, that's what it was. I believe authoritarian control by governments. And he sees the big finance, the big pharmaceuticals, the big media, the big technology, all pushing the government to do this, which tells me they're all wicked. They're all evil. This stuff is killing people and they're still pushing it like it's supposed to be our savior and literally people are dropping dead. Anyways, let me go on. Don't get my blood boiling. Now, I've always been taught and believed that vaccines must be developed in conjunction with life-saving treatments for an emerging infectious disease or a pandemic. I'm a vaccinologist. I invented the core mRNA vaccine technology platform. I have spent much of my career working on vaccine development. I have also had extensive experience in drug repurposing for infectious disease outbreaks. I am not an anti-vaxxer in any way, shape, or form. I do think that the childhood schedule for vaccines have become bloated and too many vaccines are being given to our children at way too young of an age. The hepatitis B vaccine being given at birth is a prime example of the perversion of the childhood vaccine schedule. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? I completely agree with that. We are given way too much... Um, so-called medicine, this poison in our children's veins that are actually beginning to hurt them more than help them. Let me go on. I am questioning what the U.S. government is doing with vaccines, the previous clinical trials or lack thereof, or traditional vaccines, and the many, many mRNA vaccines now in clinical trials. These trials must have had their preclinical data packages signed off, which means that all of the adverse events, mRNA stability issues, the nanolipid particle issues in the original preclinical uh, data package must have been normalized by the FDA. Because frankly, there has not been enough time to run preclinical trials on all of these vaccine candidates. Please go to clinical trials dot gov and do research on mRNA vaccines. The number of clinical trials being conducted is amazing. What has happened over the last two years has me questioning everything that the FDA has done and is doing. All indications are that the administrative estate that runs the FDA has been corrupted by pharma. I do believe that the shortcuts that the USG, the US government, have taken in bringing the mRNA and the adenovirus vaccines to market for this pandemic have been detrimental and contrary to globally accepted standards for developing and regulating safe and effective licensed products. I have now done hundreds of podcasts and interviews. I am a regular guest on many shows and have written many editorials that have been published in mainstream newspapers. Along with many other physicians and scientists advocating early treatment, I have toured globally to help educate physicians and the public about early treatment options while also opposing the unethical mandates. I used to believe that the FDA, the NIH, and the CDC were working for the people, not Big Pharma. I thought that if we could just repurpose already known safe drugs for emerging infectious diseases, we could quickly find ways to reduce the death rate. I thought that drug and vaccine development were regulated by the federal government for the common good. What I have learned over the past two years is that regulatory capture of the federal government has warped and shaped the work of Congress and federal agencies to such an extent that they no longer represent what is the best interests of the nation, the world, and humanity. The more I have expressed data-based concerns about what is happening with these vaccines, the U.S. federal and WHO, the World Health Organization, 
politicization responses, the more I have been censored, defamed, and subjected to various forms of character assassination by big tech and legacy media. I am not alone in being targeted. Mainstream media has attacked and censored me and other proponents, physicians, scientists who do not recite the governmental narrative. This has been developed into a standard process and deployed worldwide as a technique for suppressing physician dissent, quite literally hunting physicians deemed guilty of thought crimes, such as questioning vaccine safety and effectiveness, or the sin of treating patients with life-saving drugs in an outpatient setting. What is happening is not right, it is not proper, it is not fair. So let's get down to fixing it. I, th I find this interesting that here's the guy Ladies and gentlemen, here's the guy, here's the dude, here's the doctor, the scientist that developed the mRNA technology that is being used in these COVID shots. And he is saying, wait a minute, guys, this is not tested. It's not fully developed. It's not ready. Come on. And you did go ahead and use it. It's starting to kill people and cause all kinds of problems. You need to stop, especially, especially when we have um, medications that are being uh, repurposed, drugs and medications repurposed for this that could save lives, that would save lives. So why give it an experimental drug that's killing many people instead of giving them drugs that have been out there for many, many, many years and proven effective? Now, I've heard people, when I've brought this up, people say, well, we, we don't know that it's effective on on." Um, COVID. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let me explain something to you. The mRNA technology is is an infant in its development. We don't know that it's actually helping or has helped anybody at all. And yet the world was willing to take it. So you have these medications and drugs that have already been used, maybe for other things, yes, but they have been proven to be safe. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, hear me. They've been proven to be safe. So you can take this mRNA technology shot that may, may not work. It may kill you. It may not kill you. We don't know because we've never used it before. Well, until this time. Or you can use this drug that's been in um, circulation for many, 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 many years, saved many, 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 many people. And even if it doesn't work on COVID, it does, it's not going to kill you necessarily, at least like the mRNA shot. I don't know about you, but I'd rather take a chance. If it's going to be an experimental thing, I'd rather take a chance with an experimental drug for, for COVID that I know is not going to necessarily kill me anyway. Because it's, if it's been used on such things as malaria and other diseases such as that, and it has great success, well, then at least I know and I can go to bed at night knowing that if I pop a pill in my mouth and swallow it, I'm not going to be dead before morning. It may not do anything for my COVID, but it's not going to kill me. But if I go to the doctor and I get that shot that, oh my gosh, it's supposed to be the savior of the world. It's supposed to be like messianic because it's just supposed to save us all. And then people start dropping dead. People start having heart attacks. People start having strokes and major blood clots. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you caught this, but there was some, um, what are those, morticians that when they, uh, you know, when, when somebody passes away and they bring them in, they they embalm the body and prepare the body for burial and for viewing and all that stuff. One of the things they have to do is they drain the body of blood and then they replace the blood with a, um, a, a mixture, some chemicals, so that the body, uh, for, for a number of reasons, you know, doesn't break down and such, doesn't smell. I hate, I mean, I don't want to be grotesque, but it's just, it, that's what it does. And some of these um, morticians have uh, complained 
that they're having some major problems getting all the fluids from the body out and new fluids in due to the blood clots throughout the body and not small blood clot, major blood clot. As a matter of fact, I saw some pictures of these supposed blood clots. It was disgusting, but they looked like almost like long. I thought they were showing me pictures of like entangled tapeworms or something of that nature. And no, these were the blood clots that were in the veins of these people that had uh, had the heart attacks, the strokes, and such. And every one of them had the vaccine. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I can't say 100% that that shot led to those strange blood clots. But but, but let's, let's think about this for just a moment. Okay, let's think about this for just a moment. If we've never seen those blood clots like that ever before in our history, and now all of a sudden, just since the vaccine, we're now seeing them. Um, I don't know about you, but I could put two and two together. I don't consider myself a mathematician, but you know what? I passed third grade math. Two plus two equals four. I can do that. No blood clots of that nature before the vaccine was implemented. Now those blood clots are somewhat commonplace with only the people that have had the vaccine. Huh, interesting, go figure. So my point on all of that is maybe we should just start putting two and two together. Maybe we should just start acting like we have a brain in our head. Anyways, back to Dr. Malone. He is the originator of this. He invented this. He is the one that put this together. This is something, he he was the original inventor of this, okay? mRNA and DNA vaccine. And now those things are killing people. He warned us. Just because he invented it, he also was smart enough to know, wait, there, there's no trials on this. This hasn't been tried. This, There's not enough data to know whether these are safe or not. So let's use the ivermectin. Let's use all these other medications that we know have been successful. And then the government, the FDA, the CDC, no, 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 we can't because we haven't tested those on COVID. Yeah, but we at least know that they're safe. If they're, if they're not going to work, they, then they don't work. But at least we know it's not going to kill anybody as we try it. Let's try something that's never been around. Let's try something that hasn't had a great track record up to that point. Ladies and gentlemen, my point on all of this is, please listen, if you have not got the vaccine, thank God, please don't. I mean, you got to do what you feel is best for you. But for me, let me just tell you what, what is best for me. Not to touch that stuff. Not to at all touch that stuff ever. Not to encourage anybody to get it. Not to encourage my family to get it. Not to get it myself. That stuff is killing people. I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you to take it or not take it. So please don't take any of this as an endorsement to take it or not take it. Take it as an endorsement to do some real world research. Not just listen to Fauci, not listen to MSNBC, not listen to CNN, not listen to the Communist News Network, but to do some real world research yourself. Go straight to Dr. Malone's website. You know, um, as a matter of fact, you can just Google Dr. Malone and it'll take you to his website. Read up on it. Find out more. Go onto YouTube. Probably Rumble and Vimeo has it as well. But you can find videos, interviews, uh, his teaching, his all of that to to show. And, and he says this, this. Don't get it. Don't get, you know, dude, I'm telling you, if you can't take the advice of the guy that invented it and warned you of its dangers. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Is there hope for humanity? Is there hope for humanity? And as I said before, there was a, there was a discussion among several scientists, doctors and such, and the consensus that they came up with was that at least 70% of the people that have had this 
have taken the COVID-19 shot, at least 70% of the people are going to be dead within five to 10 years. Now, on my last podcast, I just stopped at five, but as um, I'd done just a little mini research, I found out it was five to 10 years. So, you know, imagine that. I want you to imagine that. And they're pushing that on our children. They're pushing that on infants. They're pushing that on young kids. And they want our kids to take this shot that could kill them, you know, upwards of even 10 years. They want that to be part of their protocol before they could even go to a public school. I want you to think about that for a minute. So they're pushing something that they absolutely, by now, absolutely know that is deadly. And they're pushing it on our children saying, you can't go into a public school unless you have this. Now, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if any of that has been passed anywhere in, in the country just yet, but I know many, many are pushing for that. What are these wicked people doing? How come we haven't run them out on a rail? How come we haven't, you know, put our foot down, so to speak? How come we haven't, how come enough of us haven't uh, been raised up to, to say enough is enough? Parents, come on, ladies and gentlemen, please. I think it's time that we stand up. I'm just giving you some, I read this article, I read this straight from Dr. Malone's page so that you could be educated, that you can get the, the, the knowledge and the understanding and that hopefully you would stay away from this nonsense. So pray about it, think about it and make some wise decisions. Hello, fellow table flippers. I have some exciting news. Table flippers is now selling merchandise, table flipping merchandise. You can find our merchandise at tableflipperspodcast.com, tableflipperspodcast.com. And if you put freedom in the promo code area, you'll get 10% off. That's exciting news. Freedom, because that's what we're all about. Freedom as the promo code. So I hope to see you soon, and I hope that you get some of this exciting uh, merchandise so that we can all look cool together. We will be flipping awesome. Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers Podcast. I'd really love to hear from you. Please look us up on the web at www.gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Or you can email me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear from you. Please let us know how we're doing. Keep all those comments coming. Until next time, you all have a great and a blessed day.